Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Outside the Box. And uh, I'm with my friend Zach Kramer here. You can see we're in the scruffy city of, of Knoxville. We're with Trinity Strength at his gym. Zach, how's it going, man? Doing well, man. How are you? I, I'm so thankful every time you get on the podcast, just so you guys know, before we hit record, he's like, you know, so how long do you think we're going to go? And I was like, how long do you got? Because I, I can talk to you all day about this stuff. The good news is I can talk about breathing all day too. So the, <clears throat> if you guys didn't see our, our first podcast was, was on breathing and uh, we just did a demo. I hope everybody has, has checked that out. If you haven't, it's, it's somewhere uh, on the on in the interwebs in the interwebs uh, you will see a demo with me and Zach on on breathing uh, out of curiosity when did you get into breathing like what was the what was that yeah. you know signal um, well it's funny I actually uh, was thinking about this not too long ago I was like thinking back on how I got into breathing and why I'm so obsessed and um, but I actually realized I remember sitting on our like desktop computer when I was in middle school Windows 95, hitting the timer and seeing how long I could hold my breath, just repeatedly, on our PC, and uh, then it's I would a very do like, odd way. It is very, of it is a very time. odd memory. Yes, <laughs> but I just like was always interested in breath holds and like going underwater and doing breath holds in the pool, um, and I guess eventually somewhere I th- forgot about it. But then, uh, have you ever heard of Wim Hof? Oh yeah. Okay, so you know, long story short, maybe five years ago, about heard w- heard about Wim Hof. Started doing his breathing stuff and was hooked again. So and just kind of delved all the way in. For for those who who aren't familiar with Wim Hof, explain in thirty seconds kind of what his philosophy is. I know there's the hot cold. Yeah. Um, mainly cold. Mainly, yeah, yeah. mainly cold. <laughs> yeah, he's all about cold. He has a very specific breathing um, like pattern to follow that kind of changes your state of mental. I don't know. It, it, yeah. Like, you know, he's, he, uh, he says, get high on your own supply. So <laughs> it really does, like, give you this kind of, like, euphoric high. Um, but there's a lot more to breathing past that. But that's kind of, like, what he focuses on is his breathing patterns and then cold exposure. What do, you, do you suggest, like, doing something like a Wim Hof breathing uh, routine versus implementing just the nose breathing stuff yeah. in it? Like, what's – because I, oh, the, 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 the breath work with Wim Hof is, is intense and – you know, puts you a little bit in, in, in a hyperventilating state, correct? Yeah, correct. So usually what we recommend is if people want to try out Wim Hof, that's fine, but you need to be ultra-focused on um, nasal breathing throughout the day, nasal breathing while you sleep, um, adding in some breath holds throughout your day because Wim Hof style of breathing, which is actually called Tumo breathing, that's kind of like the, the uh, yoga name for it, but um, doing that is getting rid of all that CO2, so you've got to really train extra hard to keep your CO2 tolerance high so most of the time we don't people introduce people that to something like Wim Hof until much later what, what do you mean by co2 tolerance like because yeah. I know it's something that your body needs to get used to mm-hmm. uh, for the listeners there what, what does that mean so basically we want to become more tolerant to co2 we can essentially equate stress to carbon dioxide so just to make it easy think that carbon dioxide equals stress so the more carbon dioxide that builds up the more you're uh, more likely you are to breathe heavy Okay, because you're trying to get rid of that CO2. We, we use oxygen, we breathe out CO2. Well, we actually want to be very tolerant to CO2 because you can imagine if that's what makes you breathe heavy. If you're not tolerant to it, the more you have, the more stressed out you are just throughout the day. The more tolerant to, to CO2 you are, you're less stressed throughout the day. And a way to build up your CO2 tolerance would be? 
things like miniature breath holds. If you catch yourself taking a big sigh throughout the day, try to add a little bit of, of a breath hold in after that. And then other than that, just making sure you're nasal breathing throughout the day. Um, if you exercise, nasal breathe while you work out, things like that. And that'll, because I think whenever but, whenever I've tried to get used to, you know, CO2 and is it your brain? Is it CO2? Just your whole body. It's just your, your whole body? body? Yeah. yeah. You know, at first you feel like you you need less of it, so you need to breathe more. Mm-hmm. I, am I You're right? You're trying to get rid of the CO2. So your body's inclination is to breathe out more. Right. So yeah. you want to, you, you think you need to breathe more. Correct. And what's actually happening is uh, you're getting rid of that CO2, mm-hmm. which means you're going to be less tolerant to it. Yeah. Yeah. The more you get rid of, you get used to like, you get used to a level of CO2. And so as soon as it rises, you want to breathe out the CO2 to get back to that level. Okay. But if you get more tolerant to it, and this is your baseline, then you don't have to get rid of as much. You don't feel like you need to breathe out because you're used to this much all the time. And that's when you're at a more calm state. Correct. So, you know, for the people who are stressed or feel like their, you know, cortisol levels are skyrocketing, what's your prescription for that? Is it just nose breathing or is it breath holds? Breath holds. Yeah, miniature breath holds. Nothing like, you're not doing max breath holds, but like if you were to work with us and we were to create a program for you, we would do miniature breath holds and gradually build that up. I mean, four or five second breath holds here and there. So nothing crazy. Right, nothing crazy. And I've even, I've tried breath holds just while walking. Correct. You know, while doing push-ups or something yep. like that. Something that's, you know, five, ten seconds. Mm-hmm. But it's, it really does help. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah we, pro- we program people all the time. Something that's called a Buteco walk. Hmm. So they can do it in a gym. You can do it out when you're walking around. Uh, it's named after the person who came up with this. Anyways, basically what we have you do, we'll just have you go for a regular walk. You're not trying to have an intense walk or anything like that, just enjoying the stroll. But... Um, you'll take three breaths, you'll exhale your air out, and you'll just walk till you feel a moderate discomfort, holding that air the whole time. And when you feel the moderate discomfort, you go ahead and breathe three normal breaths and repeat. When you say, are you exhaling through your mouth or through your nose? Through your nose, ideally, yeah. Interesting. So yeah. that is the... But you hold it. So after you exhale, you hold your breath and you keep walking until you feel like... You are you breathing breathe in three times? Like three sniffs? Yeah, just three normal breaths. So okay, in, okay. out, in, out, in, out hold and walk and just so you guys know that it it is nose breathing preferably in and out mm-hmm. is there ever a moment when you would want to breathe through like breathe out through your mouth like like you said with a sigh or something like that i know a lot of people think that that that's relaxing like when you mm-hmm. is is that yeah. is that something well, you it's probably relaxing because you're getting rid of the co2 so like which isn't long, that great. long-term training we're working on building the co2 Short term, yeah, maybe that feels relaxing in the short term. But but only a short term fix. Correct. Not a long term fix. Then it's, you're going to feel that repeated stress. Feel like you need to do that. So more, the goal the goal is just to continue to build up tolerance with the CO two. Correct. Super fascinating. Okay, so you got into breath you got into yeah. breath work Sorry. at a young age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you know we've talked mm. a little bit about your career and in, in fitness and you know kind of walk us through because we're in your gym here and mm-hmm. how'd you, how'd you get here? How did I get here? Yeah. So, um, man, I've always <laughs> enjoyed exercise, I guess. Cousin got me into it at a very early age and uh, enjoyed training through football and then got into CrossFit when I was in grad school and wanted to keep uh, doing some sort of competition. I really enjoyed exercise. So it's like, oh, I can compete in exercise. Mm-hmm. So got into CrossFit, enjoyed that. Then we moved to Knoxville. We opened up our own gym. And my goal is always to coach the best. And so we gradually, you know, I started out 
doing uh, fairly normal CrossFit programming, coaching people on the big lifts like cleans and deadlifts and these things. And, you know, gradually they try to help people more and more and more. We just started to shift kind of our practice, our scope a little bit more where we started incorporating breathing because I saw how important that was. We started incorporating a lot more mobility because I realized how important that was for people to do the movements correctly, nutrition coaching because of how much of an effect that had. So we just gradually added more and more and more and dialed in our services to where we were really helping people. What, you know, what have you changed your mind on out of curiosity between, you know, that moment where you opened up your CrossFit gym to now? Is there like a couple big things that you've really changed your thoughts on? Yeah, I mean, there's there's quite a few. The one that jumps probably most, uh, for whatever reason, right in my head, and it was a little bit of a left turn, but um, would be just like you can't out-coach um, somebody's mobility. So a lot of the times, you know, as, as new coaches, we're working with somebody on something like a squat or a deadlift. And I think, man, if I could just get you to understand what I'm trying to get you to do, you could do the movement better. If I, you know, if you, I needed you to have a bigger chest or I need you to push in this direction or have your knees do this. But what I've come to realize is a lot of people just literally physically can't do what I was asking them to do. Um, and so we've basically taken a few steps backwards to work on specific joints to then allow them to do that in the first place. When you say mobility, because I know so many of us, you know, have um, lack of mobility in certain areas. You know, what, what, do you, what do you mean? Is it a mobility, you said joints, so, you know, maybe um, you just can't get down as, as far as you would like them to? Yeah, that yeah. Sort of deal? So we'll just talk about the shoulders. I think those are the easiest to, to describe. So um, when I say mobility, I don't just mean flexibility, like being able to touch your toes or something like that, but actually being functional throughout an entire range of motion. So, you know, we should be able to put our hands over our head, keeping our core engaged. Um, and a lot of times we would coach people when we're doing overhead presses, for instance, with dumbbells or a barbell, and they press the weight over their head. And we'd see this big arch in their lower back. Their chest would rise up, chest would start to face the ceiling, and their back would arch. And we'd say, okay, try to keep your chest down, right? Um, and a lot of times we, you know, early coaches, me included, just thought, well, I just got to get this person to figure out how to keep their abs tight, and then they could do the movement correctly. But what we realize is most people don't can't put their arms over their head while keeping their abs tight because their shoulders are so tight. So literally, if you think about, you can try it right now if you're listening, is you know keeping your abs as tight as you can, keeping your chest down towards the ground, but then bringing your hand, bringing your bicep all the way up next to your ear where it's vertical overhead. Okay. Um, for most of us, uh, what will happen is as you get to a certain height, you'll have to lean back in order to get that hand straight up and down. Especially if you have weight, you'll feel that lean back. Is, is that a is the shoulder thing a sign of of aging in, in any way? Because you know we're constantly thinking about okay, you know what are some things that we lose as we age mm -hmm. that we can prevent, which might push back that that aging uh, right. date. I would say it's only um, equivalent to age in the idea that the longer you live a certain lifestyle, the longer uh, you're the, the more time you have to lose that mobility. So we see that same shoulder issue in high school kids too. Okay. But I think the bigger thing is that we spend so much time leaning over arms down. We don't use our full range of motion very often. We're all sitting all the time or we're at a desk and we just lose, we lose it if we don't use it. So yeah, that's exactly right. Right. Um, 
what do you do? You t- you said take a couple steps back to address some of these, mm-hmm. you know, this lack of mobility. What are some things that we can do to, to loosen up our shoulders? I know so many of us have back issues. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. is there Lower anything that we can address? Yeah. So uh, a lot of the people that we work with individually, we actually begin by creating them a morning routine for mobility. Takes under 10 minutes to go through every single joint in your body. So we don't start with every joint. We'll kind of you know, build you up as you go. But, um, it's a routine that I go through every single morning where we go through the full range of motion of every joint in the whole body. So at least we know every day, even if I was to sit at a desk the rest of the entire day, at least once throughout that day, I used all the range of motion of my joints. So that would be something that really all of us can do is, is make sure that, you know, throughout the day, at least once we're going through the range of motion on all of our, all of our joints. Correct. That's fascinating. And from there, like, we'll use those same movements as kind of an assessment to see where are you tight, where do we need to work on before we include these other movements, and we can do specific stretches or exercises to open up those areas. Okay. So what's the next thing that that you've really changed your mind about in terms of, you know, what you've seen in the gym? Um, Maybe just the amount of work that's necessary to stay fit. I think... A lot of us feel like in order for me to lose weight or to build muscle or to be able to increase my endurance, I've got to commit, you know, two hours a day and do super high intense and work my tail off to get in the shape. But it's actually much less intensity, much less work is needed. It's just a focus on what you specifically need. Is that okay. too broad? No, no. I, yeah. I think that's actually relieving when you're when right. you're mentioning. I'm like, man, thank God. <clears throat> you know, I don't have to commit. Yeah. You know, an hour and a half. You know, to the gym every single day. But you know, what that also means is that you got to be super intentional about the things you do while you're there. Um, mm-hmm. What are some kind of eighty twenty type stuff where yeah, I mean, if you hit these spots that that most people, you know, are going to be fit for lack of a better word. I mean, not to go like, uh, you know, kind of not to miss your question, but really it's just like whatever your issue is that you need to take care of that you've been putting off is going to make the biggest difference. So, um, we, there's like, uh, we'll talk sometimes about like difficult, easy and difficult, hard. So difficult, easy would be some, for a lot of people, difficult, easy is coming into a gym and doing just a grueling, hard workout and then killing themselves. Sometimes that's actually easier than coming into the work, into the gym and doing shoulder mobility and nasal breathing while you're on a bike. You know, those right. things aren't as fun. It's more like eating your greens. It's the stuff that you actually need. And so, but you'd rather just come in here and lift something heavy and weigh yourself out and feel like you got a good workout in. And, that, and that's the thing. Like you feel like you got something done. Right. And, and I know, you know, a lot of times, you know, in the demonstration we, we just did, like it was, it was short um, you know, it wasn't like physically taxing, right. but you know, it was, it was good for me. Mm-hmm. How do you like discern between the difficult, easy, you know, man, I'm going to crush it today, yeah, yeah. you know, versus something a little more slower. I might not feel like I got as much done, but I actually got more done. Yeah. I would say that maybe that's where it would tie into your 80, 20, like 20% of the time, you know, do that fun thing, just crush it, weigh yourself out and be done with it. The rest of the 80% of the time, we need to be doing the things that are really moving the needle for us. I mean, if you think about 
the the real pros, people like LeBron James or like Roger Federer or somebody, they're doing the things that they or Tom Brady, like they're doing the minute things that aren't super exciting, and that's why they've had so so much success for such a long time. They're taking care of their joints, they're eating correctly, they're focused on their breathing, as opposed to you know just lifting as much weight as they can and seeing if it gets them strong. But uh, you're exactly right. But also, you know, building muscle is still a big part of this Absolutely. whole equation. Yep. So, you know, are you still a big believer in squats and pull-ups oh, and, and all that, mixing that in while also working on the mobility, the breathing, the nutrition? Yeah. So our philosophy with those things is let's train, you know, we're going to train the muscles. We're going to train pulling with our upper body. We're going to train pushing with our lower body, all these things, but we're just going to adjust the movement so that we're training in the range of motion that you have good control over. So if I know giving you a barbell and having you press overhead makes you use your back instead of your shoulders, well, I'm trying to train your shoulders. Got it. So I'm going to give you a movement. Maybe it's an incline bench or something like that, where you can press in the range of motion you have without compensating with your back or with, you know, with something else. That's super fascinating, just being, you know, mixing in those movements, but doing it in a way where you also uh, protect from your weaknesses mm-hmm. in a Absolutely, way, yeah. the, the arch back, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. A- anything else that you've changed your mind on? I'm sure there's others. Those are some of the biggest, though. Well, you know, one thing I know that you're doing is is you're moving into more of an online model. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the biggest difference between that from a coach's standpoint and, you know, coaching somebody in person. And where do you see yeah. this whole thing going? Well, the biggest difference, uh, one of the main reasons we're going online is so that we can work with people individually. Um, throughout the last year, that's where, you know, we've kind of grown um, in our philosophy and our coaching where we could see how much more personalized attention people needed. And throughout the past year, it really gave us the opportunity to do more one-on-one training in person and online and, you know, dial things in specifically for people. And that's just become kind of where my passion is, is to go all in with individuals for what they need um, to meet their schedule, but also their mobility and just their overall health goals. Um, So that's why we've kind of moved in this direction away from having a location away from classes. You know, I I think, you know, so much of everything is going online and it's and it's opening up so many opportunities for people. Um, for those who don't know, what what is online training? Yeah. Like, what does that look like? Because I know a lot of people are thinking, well, how, you know, how do I do this? Am I just watching a video? You know, what's yeah, that? Yeah. What's it like? Yeah, so if you were to come to us and we were going to do online training with you, we'd have a, a consult over Zoom or over video. Um, and then we'd begin with some assessments. So seeing, uh, having, having you go through some of these um, movements like we talked about, assessing your mobility, uh, and we'd create a plan from there. Now, how that looks, you know, logistically is – we have an app where we have communication through. You can message us, ask any questions you have. Your workouts are in there each day. Maybe some habits that we want you to focus on, whether it's you know even just checking off that you nasal breathe all day or checking off that when you sighed, you held your breath for a few seconds afterwards. Um, those are all part of your individualized plan. And your workouts for the day have all the videos that teach you exactly how to do them that we've done here in the gym. So like, how are you able to do an assessment via Zoom? Like, What, is, yeah. what does that look like? Yeah, the assessments we do are actually uh, fairly simple just because we do one joint at a time. Okay. It's very easy to see, and we either do that live or we'll have people submit videos to us. Yeah, it's just a – it's very interesting that things are going that way. You know, Mm -hmm. telemedicine is becoming a real thing, and and I think 
I think what's going to end up happening is just access is going to be, you know, Absolutely. you're in Knoxville, but you could be helping people in the Tri-Cities or right. Atlanta right. or wherever. And I, I think that's, I think that's super cool. I think yeah. it's super cool. And yeah. what, what's I'm excited your... to kind of bring our reach a little bit bigger, especially, you know, one thing I'm passionate about also is just being able to reach more people in Knoxville. So we're not keeping this, you know, our focus is on mobility and breath just kind of in this corner, but actually being able to bring it to the larger community. Do you think uh, more and more people are going to adopt this model and more and more uh, clients are going to be, you know, actually doing like working out this way? The online? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there are always people who are going to appreciate being with other people, which I completely get that. I enjoy working out with my friends. I think that's going to stay huge. But as, you know, more and more people get used to doing stuff online, I think it's just going to naturally happen as well as people who a lot of our clients are past members who maybe they travel a lot or they just couldn't get here during our schedule. And so now they have a membership to Planet Fitness or somewhere and they follow our plan because they know, um, you know, what we're doing. We have their best intentions in mind, but they just do that somewhere else on their own schedule. Yeah, I, I think so much of like exercise is you know, having the confidence that you're doing the right things, Correct. you know, yeah. like just knowing that I'm doing the right exercises, I'm being smart about it, you yeah. know, cause I, I know a lot of people get stuck in this doing the same thing over and over again. Right. And you know, that might not always help us, even though right. we get the endorphins from working out. Yeah. yeah. No, right. I completely agree with that. And you see a lot of aimless looking faces if you go into, you know, like a, a globo gym. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Kramer, man, this has been a blast. Yeah. Uh, tell the people Thanks. how we can how we can find you, how we can find yeah, yeah. this, you know, what you're doing online. Yeah, so easiest place to go is just trinitystrength.org. If you go there, you can book a call with us, and we'll hop on Zoom and, and talk about your goals. Rock on, man. Guys, this has been Outside the Box. I am your host, Ben Rogers. Thank you guys, as always, for hanging out. We will see you all next time. Thank you. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.